0: as he comes. Thank you. Praise the Lord. It's great to be with you and uh, what a great group we've got. Hungry young people, leaders, old people. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> Tread lightly, huh? <laughs> if you have your Bibles, I'd like to turn. You should have your Bible. I guess we're talking about bible stuff. Uh I'd like to turn to uh, Luke chapter 10. And you don't have to stand, but if you would um let's just lift up our hands and and uh, invite the presence of the Lord before we start here, okay? Lord, we love you. Thank you for your presence and thank you for your people. Thank you for your goodness, God. Lord, we're gathered here together. We want to learn of you. We want to grow. Lord, we want you to have your way in our lives. We want to be led by the Spirit. We want to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord. Help us, God, to be sensitive to what you want to accomplish today in our lives. In Jesus' name, have your way. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Luke chapter 10. And... I'd like to start in verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted Jesus, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and you shall live. But he, willing to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. Which stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay you. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Jesus said, Go, and do likewise. So I want to talk to us uh, a little bit about getting back to the basics. You know, from an evangelist's perspective especially, um, I'm full-time on the road. I, uh, the My point of view, and perhaps it's yours too, uh, get them saved. <laughs> you just want to get them saved, right? And, uh, But I, I do want to say that sometimes uh, we can treat people, as products instead of as people. You know, the cows probably don't want to be herded, but they don't have a say-so because they don't have a soul, right? <laughs> but we cannot herd people. We can herd cows, but we can't herd people. Uh, we've got to let the Spirit of the Lord do the work on their hearts and corral them and hem them up, right? We, we've got to allow God to do that and perhaps life situations Uh we'll get them there quickly right no man comes to the father except the spirit draws him jesus said and so really we can't force somebody to eat something they're not ready to eat jesus talked about not throwing our pearl before swine don't waste your time if they're not ready they're just not going to appreciate they're not going to receive it you're you're just you're wasting your time so uh we've got to be sensitive And the reason why I don't think it's a good idea, and and I've got to slow myself down from having this just hurry up and get them saved attitude is because people are not a product. Uh, People are people, everybody has a soul. And when we care more about God's word taking root and producing something beautiful, than we care about how it makes us feel. A lot of times we, we just want somebody to get the Holy Ghost it makes us feel amazing, right? I mean, second thing to getting the Holy Ghost yourself is to watch somebody else, especially that you've worked with and that you know receive the Holy Ghost. I mean, there's nothing like it, right? And, and we want that so bad for them, but sometimes if we're not careful, we can, we can just... You know, it looks like I'm just padding my numbers. I just want to feel good about myself. It's kind of like giving a Christmas gift, you know, to make yourself feel good. The, the reason why we give or we shouldn't be thinking about what our left hand or right hand is doing. We just do it to to meet the need. Right. And so uh, God leaves ninety nine for one. That's what God does. He, he searches for that one. He takes time to find that one. Right. He doesn't come back empty handed. But he makes sure that that one comes back with him, and so it takes God some time to go out and find. and He's willing to leave the masses to search for an individual, just one. That's how important one soul is to God. And so uh, I think back to the basics is to to come back to this realization that it's just one on one with people. It's really what that's where God is. I was driving down the road. I was in uh, in Texas. In this is a couple of years ago and i was i was uh upset because i had preached a service you know and as an evangelist i'm just gonna be let's just be honest and real and and please you know what i i hear myself talk all the time so if you would like to interject please do in fact i i i want to get around to us doing this we're talking back and forth more than you just hearing me talk uh my wife in fact she I, t- I said, really, you, you're gonna you're gonna go run errands right now? I said we got we really do have some stuff we've got to get done, and she said, I've heard you speak before. I said, well, okay, well, yeah, thanks, but I don't blame her actually. But but I was driving down the road and I was upset uh, because as an evangelist, um, you can feel this added pressure. You're coming to a church for a service or a few services or whatever, and uh, people have got to get the Holy Ghost right. It's just the pressure that that is on, and 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 I'll have you know some ministers call and say, "Hey, brother, you know, would like to have you, but uh, but what's your specialty? You know, like I've got some super magic power or something," and, and and I but I don't, I don't have a specialty. I just try and hear from God, but uh, nothing happened that my physical eyes could see in this particular service. Right? I mean, I was just preaching to a bunch of people who were just like, "We don't care, bro." That's what it felt like. And, uh, and so I knew I'd heard from the Lord for this service, and so I'm driving down the road. I mean, I'm just pulling my hair out, and, uh, and, and the Lord silenced me, and uh, God told me, when you understand my love for one person, one soul, then you will begin to understand what I'm all about. But until you can understand the value that I place on one lost individual... Uh, then you'll never truly get it. You'll always be frustrated. You'll always be mad when you don't see what you what you want to see. It's not about what you're doing or what you want to see. It's about what I'm doing. And, and and when my word goes forth, it's not going to return void. It will find a resting place. Somebody's going to be hungry, even if it's just one. And it may just be one I'm reaching for. And you may not see anything on the outside, but that doesn't mean you're not doing my w- work and my will, but you've got to settle down, right? So we, we, we do have to settle down. I, I, I want to uh, encourage you that, look, you, you may not see the results when you're planting and watering. And every day it's like trying to lose weight, right? I mean, if you've ever tried to do that, I look in the mirror and all I see is fatso, right? But, you know, two weeks down the road, three weeks down the road, you see somebody you haven't seen in a while. And they say, hey, man, you're looking good. You don't see anything, Right. But, uh, but the results happen slowly. And so it's, it's not about how fast we can get the job done, right? Because we, we don't want to just like throw them to the wall and see if they stick, right? That's not the attitude. It's not the mentality that we're after because God cares about one. Now, I know in this time uh, that we're living in today, it feels very close to the coming of the Lord, does it not? And I know uh, that sometimes we can feel pressed for time, like we're running out of time, Right? But can I tell you? Can I encourage you? God will help you to redeem the time when you care about one, right? When you you stop worrying about the masses, but you care about that individual that uh, that that you know that you have known, right? Who who may not even know that you're a Christian besides what you wear and what you do and don't do, right? But it's those people that we've got to that we've got to reach, and and so when we understand what God places emphasis and value on then we can begin to grasp his love. He plays a long game. God's not intimidated by time. You know, we get, we get, uh, we almost feel like time's a curse. <laughs> we can, we can act that way, right? We're always running out of time. But time's not a curse, it's a gift. And God's able to make time stand still, right? If he did it before, he can do it again. And I truly believe He yeah, God plays a long game. I've seen, I've heard stories. You've heard stories and people on their deathbed, their last breath, crying out to God in repentance. I believe God will chase you all the way, right? And so let's allow the Lord to do what he does and let's just be a tool in his hand in this this harvest. Uh, God is going to help us to redeem the time. We're, we're, We're one small link in the big, long chain in somebody's, life, albeit a very important link, but we're one small link, so we've got to use what God has given us wisely, amen, and let's not make people feel like they're a goal that we're trying to achieve, it comes off as so insincere, and uh, you've heard it before, and you've heard it a million times, but people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, and that's just the reality. Um, you've got to figure out what their appetite is. (laughs) You know, you don't, uh, you you can't shove, uh, one God down their throat. If they, you know, if they're all they've ever heard of their life is this uh, concept of the Trinity and you just bust out. I've done this before. I'm speaking from experience and you're teaching on actually teaching on new birth. And for some reason, you just feel the itch and the urge. You've got to say, you know, there ain't three gods. Well, you just lost it right there. Okay? I mean, I know sometimes we're so excited about the revelation that we have of Jesus' name and who Jesus is. But we've got to gauge where they are. It's all about feeling after and and feeling after the Holy Ghost, really, and determining where are they and what can they receive. We learn them by listening to them. Please, like, I, I, this is a case in point right now. I, I, I mean, I'm just talking, talking, talking. I, I really want to hear from somebody. You're just going to have to raise your hand and shut me up here uh, because I could just go all day talking. We've got to listen more than we talk. We've got we to be comfortable with silence. We can't put words in people's mouths and tell them how they're feeling. Sometimes we do that. We talk so much. They don't have to say a word. Right, we don't know anything about them than when we first started the conversation because we didn't take enough time to just listen to them, and we got to meet people where they are. Jesus always met people where they were, you know. Um, he he didn't condemn, criticize them, but he met them where they were, and and that's honestly where we've got to we, we've got to get down to where they are. It's not about where we are on our journey; it's about where they are, and and so. In this passage that I read to you, this, this uh, doctor of the law, Luke chapter 10, uh, nobody knew the Bible like him. Nobody knew the law like him. He's an expert in the law, Scripture said. And uh, and so he, he asked Jesus, you know, uh, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, well, how do you read? What's written and how do you read? And so he gave the textbook the answer, right? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, strength. Love thy neighbor as thyself. And check out what Jesus said. You have answered right. Do it. <laughs> so many times we, we know what's right. right. Can I tell you, we're a bunch of sinners in this room. We are. We, we, we're sinners saved by grace. We know that. But, I, I mean, I, we're, we're more sinners than we think, right? It ain't about what we don't delve into. It's about he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. And we know so much. We, we are, can I present to you, we are experts in this. We're doctors, we're lawyers. Nobody knows the word like us. Let's just brag a little bit. I mean, the reality is this, that we know so much more than these people. We've forgotten more than these people know. Really? <laughs> than most of these people out here. Why? Because we've heard it our whole life. And I don't know, you know, however many sermons, you, however long you've been in church, if, 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 there comes a point where you just, you get what's going on here. You understand, okay. Uh, This one God, this baptism in Jesus' name, this Holy Ghost in filling man, you know what this is about. It's not a matter of knowing, it's a matter of doing. And so, look, here's back to the basics. Can I tell you, it's not really about, am I going to teach them one God, am I going to teach them Jesus' name, baptism, you know, exactly what am I going to teach them? No, it's really, I don't think that that's our problem. Our problem is getting a Bible study and following through with the Bible study. I think those are our top two problems. It's not about, hey, man, because because look, I'm going to tell you how it goes. We justify ourselves just like this man. Mm-hmm. Scripture said, and he willing to justify himself. When it's a call to action, when it's time to take action, boy, I don't know about you, but that's when the excuses start. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, man, but you know, and this is where we talk, well, what Bible study you teach, man? You know, because I've been doing this and I just, you know, I'm not really feeling it. What are you, what are you doing? Search for truth or into his marvelous slide or what would he? And it's another way to kind of stall doing what we know to do. There's enough written material out there. You don't have to make up a Bible study. There's one hour. There's 12 weeks. There's, you know, what, there's all kind of Bible studies. You don't have to write your own. Raise your hand if you know how to read. Raise your hand. Hi. Okay, let me ask you this. Raise your hand if you don't know how to read. Wow, 100%. We all know how to read. Guess what? You're qualified to teach a Bible study. That's that's the reality. All you have to do is stay one step ahead. You just look over the notes before, maybe an hour before you get together. That's really all you have to do and kind of understand where you're going to go. And then you can break open the Bible together and read it together. Hey, can we just spend a few time, maybe 30 minutes, an hour, just seeing what God says to us? It's really that simple. But he willing to justify himself, well, said, well, who's my neighbor? I don't know about you. Let me just be real. But when God calls me to a fast, you know, man, okay, I'm, I'm getting out, man. I'm, I'm doing good. Day one, I'm a little bit past lunch, <sighs> starting to get a headache, bro. I'm starting not to feel good, you know. And, well, what do you do if you don't feel good? You got to take care of yourself. Right? Oh, man, I got to get something in my system, man. And he willing to justify himself. When it comes to the hard work, the reality is we don't want to do the hard work. <laughs> right? When God calls you to early morning prayer, I don't know about you, but I know God said, I want you to get up and hit your knees. Man, it comes time, you know, rolls around, 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock, whatever it is, snooze. Man, I'm just not feeling well. Now I'm married, so now, you know, how's my wife doing? Uh, She's doing all, she looks kind of sick, man. I need to take care of her, you know. (laughs) Uh, hey, excuse after excuse. It's not about the knowledge because we've got the knowledge. It's about the action. Right. It's about doing. Right. That's really all it is. And, and and Jesus saw the multitude. That's what Jesus did. Matthew 14. He saw the multitude. And well, I guess I'll get to that in a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself. But but Jesus said, look, He begins to tell the story about the good Samaritan. And Jesus asked the question. At the end, he said, now, who do you think was a neighbor to this man who fell uh, on the street and, and, was, and was badly hurt and wounded? Who do you think was a neighbor to him? And the man said, well, the, the Samaritan. And what Jesus say? Do it. Yeah. Stop, stop with the excuses. Do it. There are hurting people everywhere. Yeah. Right? And so Jesus uh, saw the multitude himself when he stepped out of the boat. He called his disciples to come rest. Get get alone time. Get, get a little refreshing, a little revival. But the scripture says that the, that the people saw him going to the place and they outran him and they got there on foot before he could get there on boat. And Jesus really and his disciples didn't really even have time to rest because the needs of the people were so great. Do I have that scripture, uh, Matthew 14? The needs of the people were so great, and Jesus stepped out of the boat. He departed thence. Okay, next verse. They outran him, and Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Next verse. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place. The time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Next verse. And Jesus said to them, they need not to depart. you give them something to eat. He hymns us up every time, doesn't he? We can come and strategize and we can come, and that's what they begin to do, even they begin to strategize. Well, now what are we going to feed them with? It's going to take six to eight months of wages to feed just to give these people a bite to eat, man. They're not even going to be full. And so what are we supposed to feed them with? What Jesus said, what do you have? figure it out he's trying to get us to a point to realize you may not feel like you've got anything in your hands but you've got more than enough for what these people need everything that you know amen it's been eating you alive because what knowledge does it begins to eat us alive inside when we don't practice and here's what we begin to do we begin to judge what the other church across town doing right well I don't know about their standards man This is what Pharisees do who are not in the harvest with their hands dirty, reaching God's people, reaching the lost. This is what we do. And we begin to bicker and fight and gossip. There's no time for that now, right? It is the last days and it's time to just put our hands to the plow and get dirty. Just get dirty. And when you're in the harvest, you don't have time to worry about what so-and-so's doing or what they're saying because your hands are the plow, you're looking at the work of God, you're seeing how much needs to be accomplished, you're not worried about anything else. Your focus is on what it should be on. And, And when it's time to eat, you'll eat, and you'll eat well. But when it's time to do the work of God... And I, can I tell you, it's time to do the work of God. Right, yeah. You got to see the multitude first. Jesus, when he stepped out of the boat, he saw the multitude. Another passage in Mark said he he, he saw that they were sheep without a shepherd. You know, we're, we're guilty of compartmentalizing work and play and, and church and ministry. I got this box for work. I got this box for fun. I got this box for church. No more of that. We can't do that anymore it's we, we've got to get back to a book of Acts church where we take our upper room experience that we experience at church and have a holy Ghost hey, uh, you know throw down and, and we have a g- great church whatever that means we got to take that from our upper room experience and take it to somebody's living room and and, and meet them across the table at Starbucks whatever it is. That's what that's where we truly begin to look like a book of acts church If if we're gonna be honest with each other look this i'm just whatever man I'm, not gonna qualify anything. We're not book of acts church right now Right, there's there's too much other stuff going on just because we compartmentalize Well, I, you know, I gotta work so, you know Working for god is out in my eight hours. I at least got you know, I got to do that I gotta do my time there but as as brother, uh Uh, Lily said it it, it is, it is you, it is your ministry. It's everything. It's not, it's not what I do at work and then what I do at church. No, it's calling in career. It's everything that God has called me. I'm not using ministry as a means to an end. I'm using my job as a means to an end. I'm using what I do, what I go to school for, what I learn, right? I'm using whatever that is as a means to an end, to reach people. It's not about, Right, uh, It's not about, you know, well, if I can get involved in ministry. You see, Judas, he never got past. He, he never got, he, he used Jesus as long as it suited himself, right? And in his mind, in his carnal mind, as long as, you know, I, I'm I'm the treasurer, you know, uh, when Jesus has his earthly reign and rule over the Romans. And then when he figured out it wasn't going to happen that way, that this wasn't a physical kingdom, but a spiritual, Judas checked out. Okay, well, this didn't serve my purpose and my needs, so I'm out. Don't, don't let that be our story. Don't let that be your story. That You know what? When it really came down to it, it didn't serve my pleasure, my comfort. And so, God, I'm really out doing your thing. And I'm just going to do my thing. No, no, I, I believe it's our heart's desire and our hunger, really. And I, I know it's, it's proof because that's why we're here today. Our, our heart's desire is to please God and to do his work. Amen. But problem, our problem is not a lack of knowledge. It's a lack of action. Amen. Can we just lift up our hands right now And say, God, would you, would you help us, Lord To give us a Holy Ghost boldness to, to see people, God Before we can feed them We've got to step out and see them We've got to see their situation Where they're at, their needs, God That they're hungry, they're starving uh, They're in desperate need For uh, something that's uh, valuable Something that's true Something that's real Something that doesn't fade, God They're They're in desperate need Of what I have, God And help me, Lord Jesus To step out and just do it Amen. Hallelujah. You can be you can uh, uh, put your hands down for a moment. Our problem is getting the Bible study and then the courage to follow through to teach it. You have to see them. All, and I'll, I'll send you. I've got a PDF of, of a particular Bible study that I'm using right now that I've used. And it works very, very well. It's succinct. It's 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 good. It's not a long Bible study. Um, it's, it's an outweigh. It's, it's supposed to be an hour. But man, you'll you'll get into it and you'll you can spend several weeks, but you can take an hour and do it <coughs> and I can send you all of that talk with brother Lily and we're happy to send that to you. I want to do that. So I want you to have your hands on something, but the reality is we've got to see the multitude before we can give them what they need and feed them. And you ain't feeding anybody. If you can't stop and understand and see their circumstance first, amen, you've got to see them. So people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Uh, you know, I was in a hotel a couple of weeks ago and I met a a lady. I passed her by. Really, uh, she was on the phone. And this was my. This is me. Uh, maybe you can. Maybe you can uh, look in the mirror, of the Word of God, and see yourself as a lawyer and the doctor, and see how many times you justify and excuse yourself from doing the work of God. Holy Ghost, check me, because she was on the phone in the lobby. She's crying, tears, just, just uh, distraught. She was broken. I. I, I looked over at her and I just kept walking and Holy Ghost checked me. Turn around. Now, what are you doing? Well, God, she's on the phone. Right? Excuses. <laughs> it's okay to laugh. She's on the phone. God said, no, I don't play that game. Don't give me any excuses. All it takes is, hey, ma'am, I'm sorry. Excuse me. It's okay. Timidly, I go up, ma'am. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Don't mean to interrupt you. But I, I see that you're you're hurting. Can I help you? Can I can I pray with you? He said, "My son, five year old son, in a critical car accident last night. They don't know if he's going to live. He's in the ICU right now. I, I don't have the answer, folks. I, I don't. I'm not a. What am I supposed to say? I'm so sorry." You say what you feel in that moment of empathy or sympathy. It, it, you just say, I'm sorry. Can I pray with you? That's all you really have to do. You don't. Jesus didn't ask him to save the people. Right. I didn't ask you to save them. And we begin to create scenarios. We begin to give God solutions, you know. <laughs> we try to make up, say, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? How are we going to get together? We've got six to eight months of wages. How are we going to do it? And the more we talk to God and try and give him solutions, the more we get in the way. God said, I didn't ask you any of that. Figure out what you have and give it to me. Give it to me. Okay? Because if you give it to me, I'll bless it, I'll break it, and then I'll give it back to you to distribute. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, 5,000 men and whoever, however many women and children are fed and full and happy. Not because of you. I didn't ask you to save them. I, just, I said, just give me your availability. Just give me what you got. I didn't have anything in that moment except, ma'am, I'm here. Can I pray with you? Just a simple prayer. God help her. God touch her Touch her son. God be with him right now. I don't know, two minutes. I'm back up to my room. I said, I, I said, please give me your number. Now here's, here, here's this is simple, right? Uh, can I have your number? I'd like to follow up with you. I, I want you to know I'm going to church actually in a few minutes. And, and I'm going to have the church pray for you. We're going to pray. And uh, I want you to know you're not alone. Can I have your number? sure. Here you go. I text her. Hey, I want you to know the church is praying for you. She texted me back the next day. Now, look, I, I, I'm, I'm reading this to you. I just want you to understand. I'm trying to give you an example. This ain't got nothing to do with us. Okay. It's nothing to do with us, but God just wants our availability. She said, hello, Joe. Thank you so much for your prayer. When we met, you don't know how much your love and calming words have helped me in these tragic times. Unfortunately." My sweet baby has passed away today at 4.52. His oxygen levels were dropping, and we were told by the doctor that it was best if we let his body go its natural way instead of pulling the plug. They did everything they could for him, and I have peace knowing he's in a better place where he, where he has something this world can't give him. I'm stronger today, and your kindness and reaching out to be there means more to me than you'll ever know. I'll remember you forever. I know that you were sent to me by God that day as an angel, so thank you again. An angel, what? I didn't, in fact, I didn't want to stop, and I didn't want to pray, and I wanted to justify and make excuses, because here's the other thing that we do. When we, we put on God, we ask, what, what if the miracle doesn't happen? You know what? The pride is still about me. It's still about us. When we're concerned, what happens, what God does with the outcome, it's not up to me. He's given me a command. Use what you have. Use what I've given you. Use the faith. It Sometimes it may work. Sometimes it may not. But this is not a magic show. This is about what I'm doing overall in their life. And how I'm drawing them by the power of my spirit. Of course it hurts. Of course human minds and carnal minds don't understand what the spirit is doing. But you've got to be available, amen, to just reach out with what you have. Finally, the disciples, the disciples finally understood, you know what? Silver and gold have I none. How many times have they walked past that same dude on the way to prayer? I don't know. You can speculate. How many times did they do that before they finally said, you know what? I don't have anything in my pockets, but, you know, nudged by the Holy Ghost. And we've all passed up the Holy Ghost, haven't we? We've uh, When God's nudged us, we've all, you know, I, you know I'm listening to uh, something else. But I ain't listening to you right now because, again, excusing myself. And we've all done that. But how many times have they passed? And finally, you know what? Peter said, all right, it ain't my job to heal the guy. I'm just going to give you what I have. Silver and gold have I none? But such as I have, I'm going to give you an encouraging word, yes. speaking a word of faith. That's all I have in the name of Jesus Christ, not in my name. Rise up and walk. An encouraging, faith-filled word and a helping hand. Yeah. 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 And what God does from there is up to God. Yeah. Right. yeah, But 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 sometimes we stop short of that because what if God doesn't do it? How are we going to explain it? It's not on you to explain it amen it 's God in His word, what He chooses to do is up to him, but it's not it 's not up to me to excuse myself it 's up to me to just be a vessel for God to use hallelujah now i 've got a number i 'm just waiting a couple of weeks say hey, I want to reach out to her, her again say ma 'am, I want you to know i 'm still praying with you we 're still concerned about your family, but there's it always comes down to this people are hurting they 're broken, and it 'll always come down to they have a need. Yeah. If we just see them where they are, we can meet their need. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. If we can allow God to take what we have and begin to break it and use it. Jesus saw the multitude. Some people are so focused on themselves, they can't see the multitude. The disciples were focused. I imagine the disciples were kind of upset, pretty angry, because Jesus called them away to rest. And they really didn't get much of a chance to rest. And so they come to Jesus and say, hey, send them away. So they can get food for themselves and we can actually chill. Jesus said, that's not love. Feed them. You're going to tell somebody, feed yourself. You feed yourself because I got to take care of me and mine. Jesus said, that's not love. But what you have, (laughs) if you'll give it to me, we can help these people right now. He noticed three things about the multitude. They fainted. They were weak. They were fainting. They were scattered abroad. That means they were alone. They had no direction, no leadership. Sheep without a shepherd. Jesus said the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. The workers. There's a bunch of people with all kind of knowledge about how to be a harvester and a farmer. I mean, we're exploding with knowledge about strategies and what to do. We are. There's a whole lot of us that have a knowledge about what to do, but Jesus didn't didn't ask for the knowledgeable or those that have their degrees. He said, what I'm lacking is laborers, workers, people who are willing to get their hands dirty and not care about how they look. Well, I got to go in and shower because I'm not clean. Right? No, no, no. People who are just willing to work. Amen. Are we willing to work? I know I'm talking to some people who are willing to work. I know, I know I'm know i talking to, I'm just here to encourage you in the Holy Ghost that it's time to just step out and let the Lord do what he wants to do in your life because you're called. Amen. You've got a purpose upon your life. And don't waste it sitting on a pew or strategizing or talking about the latest and greatest method. No, no, no. Stop with all that. Just get out there and give them what you have. Pray with them. Can I have your number? Amen. Just practical ways that we can do it. I, I do it. I did it before I was married. I do it now. My wife and I do it. I'll go to a local park and, and just ask them, can I, we're just walking around just saying prayers for people, just praying blessing over people. Is there anything specifically I can pray with you about? I mean, I'm just talking about community. I'm just talking about the harvest is all around us. Amen. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Man, I, I'm so scatterbrained. You're going to have to forgive me. Hopefully you can get something out of this. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that, that he will send laborers into the harvest. Amen. It's work doesn't take care of itself, doesn't grow by itself, doesn't produce by itself. The harvest doesn't water itself. It must be worked. There must be sweat involved. Times where it won't be easy. Times of frustration. Again, times where you will not see increase. Times of doubt, but patient endurance to see it all the way through will get this job done. So let's talk about practical ways. I'm going to tell you three things that that are just practical things. Our community, every day we're connected to our community. We're connecting them to the gospel. We're in Walmart, we're in the the parks, we're in the shopping centers, we're in restaurants. And if you've sat at home being a hermit, it's time to stop using the COVID excuse, okay? Really, we're all tired of the COVID excuse. It's time to get out and take the power of God to where people are, right? Even the world, even the world is sick of the COVID deal, right? right. So uh, I think we've kind of used that excuse long enough. It's really time to just move past that and really just get out and meet somebody. Uh, uh, You know, if anything, it's lit. It's just lit a fire in me to say, you know what? I've been sitting on my hands for long enough in quarantine or whatever, not going out, trying to respect and honor and all that stuff. hadn't done nothing. All right? So it lights my fire to get out there in the harvest because there's truly great work to be done. The community all around us, everywhere that we go. And in our neighborhood, that's the second one. In our neighborhood, many of our neighbors are simply unevangelized. Do your neighbors know who you are? Do you know who they are? I mean, you don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just as the hand of the Lord placed Ezekiel in a valley of dry bones, the hand of the Lord has strategically placed you there as well where you are, in a valley of dead, dry bones. And God wants to challenge you. Can these come alive? Of course they can. That's why I put you right here. Amen. That's why you're here. Door knocking. I, I, that's not my favorite thing to do. In fact, it's my very least favorite thing to do. I don't like door knocking, again, because I come up with all the excuses. Dogs, I hate dogs, right? Come out, pit bulls, right? who knows, right? I hate walking through jungles, right? You never know, but but hey, but I'm telling you, if you'll make yourself, to, if you'll just do it, amen, you begin to do it, and finally you hear somebody that's got a need, you know? First couple of people say, get off my lawn, whatever, but you find that one person that says, sure, I, I, I'm struggling, sure, I have a lost family member, sure, I need prayer. And you begin to talk, and it changes everything. You want to do it for a few more hours. I mean, it's just getting out there and doing it and moving past the excuses. There's prayer requests all around us. Amen. Go to the park. Seriously, it'll help. It'll it'll work. Hey, I'm just praying blessing over people. Can I pray with you? No, get out of my face. I don't believe in prayer. I don't believe in God. Okay, cool. Have a nice day. Okay? They say, no, what what have you lost? (laughs) Okay, cool. This ain't my word, right? This is God's word. It's not my spirit. It's God's spirit. In our very own network, I believe our greatest harvest awaits here, and they call it in the business world the warm market, you know. It's not a cold call. You don't have to pick up the phone and randomly call Joe Schmo who you don't know. But there are people right there we already know, and we know them well, family, friends, coworkers. Do they know who we are? Or do they only know where we go to church or and we only know kind of what religion we are because of what we wear or don't wear. These are people that we have already have investments and rapport with, yet these people have needs. All we have to do is say, hey, what do you think about just meeting for coffee and just sitting down and seeing what God's word says for 30 minutes? We don't have to look very far. We just have to look. We just have to see the people as Jesus did, see the multitude around us. Landing a Bible study is not really difficult there are people that really want some stability in this shaky world right now. Amen. I follow the lead. Stan Gleason says in his book, too many believers miss the cue cards posted by God's stage hands for potential disciple making opportunities. I once heard a believer with a heart for lost people say, I go to the grocery store to meet people for Christ. And while I'm there, I may pick up some groceries. Now that's the attitude that we've got to have. I talked with Bianca last, last week in Florida. She's the, she's the leader of the hyphen. The hyphen's on fire, man. They're they're on fire. And uh, Bianca said, you know, this is all I really knew. She said my brother, her brother's an evangelist for the United Pentecostal Church, said when he got me into this, when he won me, all he was doing was reading the Bible, was teaching his friends the Bible, and watching videos of a big old fat guy I had no idea for hours and hours. <laughs> And she told me later, you know, as, as brother Billy Cole, as he was watching forever, you know, he's just watching for hours and hours. I didn't understand what you're watching this for, right? But, but yeah, it's funny to hear her tell it, but, but she said, I didn't know there was another way. When I got into this thing, got the Holy Ghost, just, this is what was to, was I was supposed to do. We, we teach Bible studies. That's what we do. She didn't know enough to know, to realize that, Hey, you wait, you got to get a six months education. You got to go to Bible college first for you. She didn't know that. She just began to do what she saw. Amen. And when we get on fire and just begin to show people the word of God, the love of God, this is is what we do. This is my everyday. I go to the grocery store to meet people, and then I may get some groceries. I go to work so I can touch people's lives, and I may do some work on the side. (laughs) and earn a paycheck, right? I I do all that I do for the harvest. It's not about where I want to go to college and, and get my degrees and my extracurriculars all in order and then put God on the back burner and see if at some point, you know, when I'm done with all of my education and all of my worries and I can get to the will of God. No, no, no. I got this thing backwards. If I fuel my fire with a passion that fuels God's fire, amen, it's his heartbeat. It's the harvest. It's lost souls. If I chase after what he... Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness... And all these things will be added unto you. Amen. Amen. So many times we're not seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And that's why it feels so hard. And that's why we feel depleted. And that's why we feel like we hit a brick wall. If we just seek first the kingdom of God, there's joy that springs up in our soul. It's like joy unspeakable and full of glory that begins to flow in our lives. As a Holy Ghost anointing takes back control. This is the will of God that we're spirit led again. We're not carnally minded. Hallelujah. Can we lift up our hands and say, hey, God, help me? God, I pray for a boldness right now, Lord Jesus. Uh, infuse us with boldness. No more excuses. Uh, but God, we've been like the doctor and the lawyer for long for too far too long now. And I've given you excuse after excuse. Me first, God, I'm first on the list. It's offered you excuse after excuse about why I cannot do the will of God. But it's time now. You're not asking for how much knowledge we have or what we can accomplish in our own strength, but you're just asking us to give you what we have, Lord, and we cannot out. Give you when we just give you of ourselves. Oh God, we cannot give you. You're about to bless God. You're about to do a work, God, in these cities. Uh, you're, you're, You're sparking the flames, the fire of the Holy Ghost in our hearts right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we love you. I'm going to offer a challenge to us right now. Maybe you don't have a pen and paper, but we've all got cell phones. You've got a notepad in your cell phone. I'm going to offer you a challenge right now. List number one through five. You've got five people that you can think about that we can pray right now. And, and, and the Holy Ghost will lead you to people who don't know this gospel, who may be hurting, who are in your network. You've got five people right now that you can touch, you can pray for, you can talk to and say, hey, would you, would you like to sit down with me? Study the word of God. Why don't you do that? Begin to write one through five. Amen. Five people. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray over these people this week. And we're going to fast this week. I challenge you. I'm going to fast one day. Who will fast one day with me? Not for ourselves, but for these people. And in prayer, our focus and our intention is going to be on these people in prayer. Hallelujah. We're going to call the names on this list out to God. Amen. And God, I believe, is going to move on their hearts. He's going to begin to draw them by his spirit and, and God's going to create the pathway. We can talk to them and, and we can reach out to them. We're going to contact them. And say, I have been praying for you. I've been praying for you. Amen. I want you to know you're on my heart. You're on my mind. Amen. And we're going to see what becomes of this, because I believe that God truly wants to do a work with the, with the people that we already know who are all around us who have needs. Can we do that? Can we just take some time right now? Amen. Hallelujah. I feel this this, uh, uh, strength of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost. I got five people on my mind. I've written them down. I already got them on my mind, on my prayer list. I'm going to pray and we're going to fast together, folks, and we're going to see God do a work. Amen. I want testimonies to come out of this, not because of what we did, but simply because what God is leading us to do. I really want us to share testimonies about what God is doing. I don't care if it's a simple, hey, sure, you can pray with me. And there are they're not, and they're closed off to everything else. It's a testimony, amen. When they say, yes, you know what? You can have, you. I'm giving you that liberty to say a prayer for me and my family, and my situation. There's an open door right there and God is going to begin to minister and work. It's, it, it's just getting our hands dirty. It's just getting our hands dirty, amen. Amen, I, I need to stop here. Lord... If you were encouraged by this message, and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part.